Warning, this episode contains frank discussion on adult subjects like world events and historical atrocities, as well as open political discussion that may lead to challenging beliefs. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, feast your ears upon the new Jen Green Show. Starring the new Jen Green. Powered by the Young Adults Fighting Tobacco Coalition. This is your co-host Johnny here. And after our little hiatus, uh, we're popping back in to work on a well-anticipated workshop episode. But before we dive into conspiracy theories... Let's have a little word from our co-host to, to start the night off. So, Chelsea, how have you been doing the last few weeks since we last recorded? Is there anything you'd like to say to our, our wonderful audience back home? Yeah, yeah. Hi, everyone. Glad to be back. I'm sure you guys are, too. Um we took a little break. I went on vacation one of those weeks. I got to visit my cousins in Vegas. So that was, that was fun. My plane did get delayed on the way back, which kind of sucked. But I'm sure a lot of you all are kind of experiencing these plane delays that are kind of going cross countries. So, but it was really, really fun. I've never been to Vegas. So it was cool to visit that. I wore my mask the whole time, um, which was an experience. But it was really cool going down there and seeing all that. Um, this weekend, I went to Monterey. I've been going on little trips, trying to go back out into the world, but kind of easily because I'm wearing my mask still and I'm a little kind of nervous around crowds still. But it's it's interesting, especially with the Delta variant come around, coming around here. Got to be a little bit more careful. But, you know, it was good to be back out there and seeing these these nice places that I miss so much and the people I love. But yeah, it was a good little break. What about you guys? How have you guys been? I've certainly, it, it hasn't been ex- as exciting for me as it has been for you, Chelsea. That's definitely <laughs> for sure. Um, I've just been working, um, trying to hang out with like family, friends. Um, I've like, I got a new wetsuit and swimming shoes and really nice goggles and I wanted to go to the river again and I've been meaning to go to the ocean but I'm trying to like save money now but I've been trying to like go to the river and like swim because that's that's how I that's my excuse for getting exercise because I'm kind of lazy but it's really that's fair though that's more exercise than I get (laughs) but um yeah it's been smoky these past two days three days really so um that's been a real downer because that I meant to go swimming yesterday and I didn't get to do that. So, but overall I'm doing good. Um, no complaints really. What about you, Johnny? I have to say I was going to get on my soapbox to just talk about how wild of a week it's been, but you know, I have to say I'm really glad that I've spent most of my summer outside of California just because of the the utter terror it would have been to to deal with all the fires out there um i'm glad y'all are doing well but uh my heart goes out to all those people both dealing with those fires 
especially both our volunteers and incarcerated firefighters, but also um, just regular people who are misplaced. I remember uh, when I was on a friend's mayoral campaign, uh, there was a little fire shelter that got erected in Sonora. So I helped with that. And it was, you know, it was such an interesting experience. I'm glad I got to help people, but the people you meet there too are just truly, truly something else. I think if you've ever wanted a moment to kind of get a new perspective on things, you just need to keep your ears open at a refugee center. But other than that, like my week has been super busy. Um, I'm finally wrapping up what I need to get done paperwork-wise and healthcare-wise before I move back to California. So I would say it's been wild, but it's it's also been very fun. I also helped out with a family friend's uh, wedding, and I'm glad that that has gone well for everybody. But anyway, you know, since you mentioned the Delta variant, um, that gets us right into the territory of conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> either one of you, please please start us off, because I, I think uh, I'm not so good at explaining expi- uh, conspiracy theories. I think you're a little bit more passionate than I am about this, Chelsea, so if you don't mind, you can go first. <laughs> Sure, sure. So conspiracy theories. Um, This will be an interesting one, an interesting episode, because I love conspiracy theories. I know they are problems. I know that they cause issues. Um, I think I find them fascinating, though. I think they're really interesting. But I think this will be a good discussion just to kind of talk as a group, because I know we'll be talking about the dangers of them as well. But um, conspiracy theories are basically topics that um, a lot of times the internet will take it and just blow up and just uh, create a bunch of theories about something that um, is not necessarily true based on little pieces of information and um, kind of go against the grain of what the general population believes. That's typically what a conspiracy theory would be. Examples of these would be, and I'm going to take it to like the most extreme, um, that like 9-11 was an insider job, oh, that dear. the government caused it. That was a That's a very problematic theory. We all know this. Um, yes. But there are problems in there and there are little pieces of information that people take and run with it and um, make these theories that are problematic. And and, I don't I don't know how deep I want to get in this, but they can be considered (laughs) anti-government, anti-American, things like that. Um, I do think that in some aspects, conspiracy theories can be good. Um, I don't think that everything we're told is always correct. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not, or that um, we're not told every information. But see, if, if I if be... I may hop in, yes, I'm gonna Look. I'm gonna. So I I am I am more open minded to conspiracy theories. Not not because well, this is the tricky part that we're going to get into later, and it's not just because it verifies my already existing views or beliefs. Mm-hmm. But because so much of what I view already and what I feel already is validated by actual information that the CIA admitted to doing. Yes. So you, you have to always find that comfortable line. But exactly. there, there, there are some 
just absolutely insane theories that I'm sure we'll touch on to. Anyway, back to you, Chelsea. Yeah, some people take it way, way too far, and they make it just uncomfortable and just so blatantly wrong. Like, I know there are conspiracy theory theories out there. Again, I'll take it to another extreme that the Holocaust didn't happen. Awful, Ooh. awful, awful. Um, of course it happened. <laughs> like, the fact that there are conspiracy theories about it show that they can be very problematic. But I think this will be a really interesting episode because we'll kind of be talking about all the different aspects of them and... Yeah, so I'll just I'll let you go ahead, Jenny, and take it a little bit further. Yeah, definitely. You know, some some examples real quick on like how these conspiracies then like contribute to the larger discourse and understanding of topics, um, especially those related to the environment and pollution as well as as larger social organs like the state and private industry. So, how do conspiracy theories? or conspiracy theorists take advantage of information deserts, which information deserts is a coin or excuse me, it's a term that's been coined by our manager, Mr. Montoya. So essentially what he explains is, you know, since 2004, we've seen an exodus of local media outlets either going out of business or being sold to other media outlets. And in some cases, public public relations firms are purchasing these outlets. You know, give or take about 1,800 newspapers have closed between 2004 and 2018. And in a recent study by the University of North Carolina, they found that last year alone, 1,300 U.S. communities have completely lost news coverage. And there's a quote I'm going to read to you guys, if you don't mind. So, quote, There's this understanding that local news is in shambles right now, unquote. Opinion as news is nothing new. We have seen this type of news before where it becomes tricky, where people still tend to have more faith in local news than in national outlets. Because, you know, you may know someone locally or someone might know someone that's local and there tends to be more faith and trust in local media outlets. But if those local media outlets are being controlled by national outlets, then, you know, there might be a conflict of interest. So there's this idea here that you can move in and take advantage of that, both the lack of local news options and the fact that people are inclined to trust local news by creating these hyper-local news sites and providing no little bit of conservative propaganda. Um, And when I say conservative, I mean, you know, like um not not, not, not the, like the the political sense not, like, not like not like conservative friendly like uh like a, oh you know we just we like our second amendment rights and what like i i used to be i used to identify myself as conservative so i'd imagine i could like whips this out better but it's like just status quo just yeah. i like my constitution i like i like all that entails i like how things are now all of that it what but what uh what media outlets these media outlets that are growing and conglomerating are doing is that they 
they give money to whomever shares their views. And they go and they propagate anything that that keeps it so that these large media conglomerates can continue making their money. And it just so happens that run-of-the-mill conservatism, run-of-the-mill, even conservative Democrats or, or whichever, whomever, they, they are most likely to uphold the status quo. And if the status quo includes uh, news media making it big, then that's what the status quo ought to be. Back to you, Jen. <laughs> so, yeah, this trend has been documented in television. Um, the conservative-friendly media firm Sinclair Media Group has spent the last few years buying up local television stations, and it currently owns almost 200 across the country. So it's actually pretty clear the actuality is that political influence will be modernized by a new public relations effort to mold the minds of future generations with opinion pieces that are skewed to the right. And murkiness through media outlets will and may soon become much more profitable. Okay, now in case we scared anyone off from that, um, (laughs) I'm going to get into the more theoretical basis of all of this. At least this is my most fundamental understanding of why things are the way they are now. And so, you know, you un- viewers who may feel, viewers, listeners who may feel uncomfortable, please uh, just keep an open mind to this and we will be just fine. We'll make sure we have that content warning at the beginning. And my lovely co-hosts, please chime in on this so we can, we can have a, a more fruitful discussion on this, whether even though you disagree with me or may have some some disagreements with me. So to begin, as Slavoj Žižek said himself, we eat from the garbage can of ideology. And though I don't particularly enjoy Žižek and I reject his philosophy, I gravitate more towards the thinkers of uh, Friedrich Engels and Antonio Gramsci, the former being a foundation in critical theory and the latter, a genius in his own right, who expanded on basic sociology. So my, my basis in, in comprehending all this media stuff is this. So essentially, there's a little article that this, this Fred guy wrote. And, it, and it's really cool. And I encourage people open it, uh, open it up with an open mind, but uh, always a willingness toward criticism. So in the origin of the family private property in the state, essentially it is the accumulation of of power in a society uh, that creates a class society, something we're living in now. So a society of, of bosses and workers or for feudalism, a society of serfs and lords. And so in, since we live in a class society, everything like religion, family, politics, all of this gets filtered through an ideological lens to support whomever is in power. Gramsci, the theorist I noted earlier, identifies this lens that is held by the people in power as cultural hegemony, 
which is an ideological lens that builds its own false consciousness for people because it serves their own interests. So there are two takeaways from that. Um, the, the first one would be even with, with any media or ideas or reporting or anything, there's inevitably going to be that skew toward whomever is like if it's from mainstream media, it would be a skew toward whomever is in power. So for example, um, NPR. Y'all are familiar with National Public Radio, right? NPR. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. They get a majority of their funding from Rockefeller Standard Oil and ExxonMobil. To the degree that their nickname is the National Petroleum Radio. Hmm. So, so you can you can say many things about NPR. You can have they could have whatever take or opinion, but at the end of the day, the people who give them the overwhelming amount of money they need to operate have deeply vested interest in the real material problem of oil, its circulation, its distribution, it's all of that. And of course their biases will come when there's an article that goes to the editorial board, which may offend the people who are funding NPR. Is that fair? Have I scared everyone away? What do, what do you, uh, Jenny or Chelsea think? I know I threw the book at y'all with this one, but I like keeping this. You're getting, you're getting deep. You are. I mean, this is some serious stuff. I mean, I, but see, I'm the one that's a little bit more skewed here. I'm a little bit more to one side. I'm a little more biased. Like a lot of the information we're given, which I mean, like you've said, is controlled by small amount of companies and um, yeah. or bought by big corporations that control what is said on these media outlets. So I feel like a lot of the information, like you said, is skewed. And so... What do we know is true and what would we know it's not? You know, what are they not telling us? I'm going right. to sound like such a conspiracy theorist. That, <laughs> is, that is the reasonable area for which I very much give credit to at least some more grounded conspiracy theories. Yes. yes. So. You know they're not telling us something. Right. And, and this I'm, distrust, I feel, ultimately goes down to the... To, to the antagonism that, that normal working people have um, with the hegemony. That's the word Gramsci used. With the hegemony. That is the hegemony of primarily just really wealthy individuals and really wealthy organizations with their own interest go and they write the, uh, they write the school textbooks they make the media. They do. They do all of this to protect their interests. Yes, that, and I mean, we live in a world where what ninety percent of the wealth belongs to one percent of people. Oh uh, well, like not not that extreme. About I think fifty to sixty percent of wealth in America is owned mm -hmm. is is owned by the wealthiest one percent of the population. That is true. These metrics skew based on what country you're in and depending on how far they go with wealth redistribution programs. Mm -hmm. But in general, 
I would say maybe two thirds of global wealth are concentrated in the global north. So, so European nations, the United States, and then um, the moderately wealthy countries out of the former Soviet bloc. The, these are the more, more so well-to-do countries. That is where two thirds of the earth's wealth uh, uh, rests in. And the, even though it's a concentration of, I think, like one, I'd say even half a billion people have as much wealth as the rest of the population combined. Similarly, out of this very small minority of people alive on earth, um, what I think like Jeff Bezos himself has more money than like, I would say the combined populations of South America, Africa, and maybe half of India combined. Uh -huh. so, so yes, stuff is skewed. And to that degree, you know, people, we joke about how, you know, these people have so much money, they're making spaceships. But that's not all that you do with an obscene amount of political and economic clout. You use that to get what you want. And a part of that is, well, again, for the example of Bezos, it's buying the Washington Post and then, mm -hmm. uh, then ordering out editorial pieces that justify his position. And again, we're, I'm going to have a, a big, fat, content warning on this episode because this is where I'm the most earnest and the most inviting about my beliefs but you can you can feel however but you must recognize um, that that the the ball is not in our court and so to recognize the situation at the very least you can have a more nuanced understanding from where you're from like reading about what well here's an example i'm a i'm a i'd say a formerly i would say a former closet trump supporter so you know i i was i was very anti-establishment growing up and i i saw in uh 2016 presidential candidate and later 45th president is is that hardcore anti-establishment bent and similarly i grew up anti-establishment because i didn't like what the product of establishment leadership has meant for my community for the rust belt where i'm from it means homelessness drug abuse and unemployment and so like it even, even with these own foundations, and even though my views have changed, there, there's a definite skew in, uh, in toward the interest of people who are already in power to go and perpetuate that they have this power. So yeah, that, that's the, the fundamental basis. And you can be just like me as I was a few years ago when, you know, I was a closeted Trump fan. But at the same time, if we at least if we at least show you examples and show you material evidence, like if you don't agree with this program, you're fine. Like whatever, I'm not going to make you change your beliefs because I don't agree with you. But 
I hope you listen to this and that better informs your ideas. You know what I mean, Chelsea? You, you just got to keep open-minded. That's yeah. the thing. Like, right. you just got to be open-minded about everything we talk about. Yes. No. We're, we're adults on this program. We can, we can use our exactly. minds like big kids and we can disagree like big kids, especially me and Chelsea. The fact that I haven't <laughs> flown over there yet to beat her up because of her compromising <laughs> opinions, you know, that, that, sh- that positively reflects my civility. Do you feel the same, oh. Jenny? It does. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm really shocked that you were, you used to be like, a closeted Trump supporter. Um, Me too. Me too. But like, based on like what, like, you know, from what I understand about like your beliefs and stuff, that was like a total Yeah, it was, 180. it was, uh, it was a very extreme slide to the left after that. Like that one song. But, <laughs> you know, um, I, it took seeing him as president to be like, you know, no, no, it's it's more like it's more like um, I had to I had to unpack what yeah. what all what all that not just what the establishment is or what someone who's ostensibly establishment like Mr. Trump. It, it took a lot of unpacking to realize um, how I think I should really think about things. So yeah, you know. You know, this is going to be the spiciest take tonight. But, you know, (laughs) enjoying Mr. Trump is like a gateway into into just abandoning the political center entirely. You know, if you're if you at any point were were a fan uh, of the 45th president because he he showed it to those to those conservative do nothing democrats that that were really <laughs> embodied by the candidate that ran, that ran that year and the candidate who was unable to run that year cuz he was cooed out of his own party but you know your your reflections on that that is going to get you as far away from the center as possible if the center is thinking things are okay now and we just need a few tweaks that has been abandoned completely. Either you're going to go really far to the right or you're going to go really far to the left. There's no, there's no in-between on this one. All, all, I, all I wish for you is that, you know, at the very least, you're, you're honest and you just don't lie to yourself about however you feel. And, you know, that, that's, that's the way forward for you, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm more okay. I dislike more the liar who said who who lies to me that he's he's a moderate than you know someone who's just absolutely out of their mind and and is okay with it. I'm okay with that guy. It's uh, <laughs> it, it's like that gospel um, entry on uh, about lukewarm water. You know, it's like that. Either be really cold water or be really hot water. Just be yourself. You don't need to. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to the people around you. Just be you, even if you're stupid or even if you're loud and obnoxious. That's what I learned because I'm really loud and obnoxious and that's okay. We love you, Johnny. Even if you were a closeted Trump supporter, we still love you. You know, at least I'm not lying to you guys. 
That's yeah. what gets me. That's what gets me. Oh, but what, I, what I was getting at before we de- derailed this thing, talking about my political experience. Um, the, so when we recognize hegemony, this gives credit to conspiracy theory. And at least from my spot, the uh, looking, looking at hegemony, looking at, um, whew, looking at hegemony and class society, obviously the first thing is, well, shoot, this is going to get nasty. I, I might have to skip, I might have to edit over this, but it's like when, <laughs> when I, when I am challenged in believing about the, this crazy news reporting about another country that the, the U S state B- department has already said extensively uh, uh, about before has ex- explicitly talked about how much it hates the other country. And then suddenly something bad happens or that suddenly there's a reason to go to war with that country. I don't, I don't personally buy it. Um, I have to make that really vague so I don't get canceled, but you, you, you know what I mean? You know, I've, I've a very, I personally grew up around the time of the Iraq war. Yeah. So I, I grew up hearing about how we have to go to war and how Saddam has WMDs and I would say a few hundred thousand dead Iraqi civilians. And I would say quite a few thousand dead Americans later, we, we have uh, found nothing. And that, that's very, that definitely gives room for conspiracy theory. And that definitely makes sense. But that also shows that distinct divide between the, this this government that says on its piece of paper that it loves to flaunt around how it's a government of the people for the people by the people but then throws trillions of dollars into a war on the other side of the world similarly uh, do I feel about the Cold War and now the new Cold War that uh, is going on now yeah. So that, that gives reasonable credit to conspiracy theories. But at the same time, when you, when you notice that whole entrenched interest thing that you have, and now to, to talk to the audience, you know, whether you're a worker or a boss, um, I would say whether you're an ethnic majority or an ethnic minority, whether... Um, you're a gender or sexual minority or a majority where you feel as if you may, you may lose a privilege or you may lose a right or you may lose any of that. You will be inclined to believe in something that verifies your view. And this opinion is uh, right in place with aliens. Because recently it has been found out that 80% of Americans believe in aliens. Jenny and Kelsey, give me your thoughts. Tell me about those aliens. Yeah, real, real quick though. I I just wanted to go off of like, um, kind of America, you know, talking about that just real quick for the conspiracy theory aspect. I think one of the reasons um, conspiracy theories have blown up so much is because, I mean, what have the past 200 years have shown us about america it's not like it's not equal i mean there's a very fine line with being you know in the word patriot now it's like you don't want to 
I don't want to say that, but you don't really necessarily a great word, right? It's not has now kind of have native connotation to it. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like there's a fine line because we know our government is biased. We know that it's not for everyone. Obviously, we the 200 years have shown us that not everyone is created equal according to our um, constitution. According to how works. things go. Yeah, the, the we're we, uh, we're we are all created. Yeah, we are yeah. all created equal. Obviously, and hopefully everybody's eyes or most people's eyes, but our government doesn't treat us that way. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a fine line there between being like, that's what sucks. You like, you want to be proud to be an American, but how can you be proud to be an American when your government fails so many people every day? Right, and so. It, it's a rough line, but I think that's part of the reason conspiracy theories have got blown up because, I mean, we, we've we already been shown our, by our government that they're not there to support us or at least everyone um, for racism. I mean, the racist lineages that we've come from in this government and sexism and all that. So I understand why conspiracy theories have blown up, and I think that's part of the reason why. But going off of aliens, I don't know if Jenny, if you have anything to add to that. But <laughs> I mean, I have a lot to say. That was a breakneck switch. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I had to to derail the entire thing with aliens to get us back on the script. You're no, good. I was I was gonna say I'm gonna take it back before I start about aliens because anyway, I'm gonna take it back a little bit. Um, Chelsea, I do like agree with you. I think I mean me as a I have my degree in history. Like, I know that governments, not even just our government, but governments all over the world have rewritten history. And what we think we know happened is likely skewed in a lot of ways. And, you know, I can give you plenty of examples with, like, American history books in the past where, like, oh, you know, we we came to America and the Indians just decided to share with they us. They helped us know. grow corn. That, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's that kind of realization of like, no, we did a lot of messed up things. That's like, that's kind of the reason why I think most people, they've learned like, oh, well, we really can't trust what's in front of us because people have taken advantage of it. And it's it's been an, an injustice really because you know you can only hear so many fake things before you start to suspect everything and I think that's fair and I think like you always have to have some type of healthy suspicion with any everything but obviously there's other things where you know it's kind of like the holocaust it's like we have an un undeniable proof that it happened like you you can't deny that and then there are like certain conspiracy theories that you know they happen like did you guys know that um you know presidents who have been assassinated in america they have their conspiracy theories but if you look at the presidents who were unsuccessfully assassinated basically they had an had an assassination attempt and it didn't work they don't have any conspiracy theories so I think yep. this other side of the coin, too, um, kind of branching off from, you know, Chelsea's argument is I think people want to make they want to understand the un, something that they can't understand. And one explanation may not do it for them. Like, I'm actually going to 
I'm going to get into another conspiracy theory that I'm a little bit sus about. And I'm not saying, you know, what, basically what, I'm not saying it didn't happen like this, but, you know, I'm a little sus of it. So basically. Would you be surprised if it went differently? No, that you have to, (laughs) in life, you must always ride that line between healthy skepticism and very unhealthy skepticism. uh, Skepticism. And yes. where you draw that line is really difficult to draw. It gets murky. Yeah, I, I totally... You learn to correct yourself before you yeah. wreck yourself. That's how you move forward. Absolutely 100% what Johnny said. Because I have like a healthy skepticism about Princess Diana's death. Because oh, basically... God. Yes, yes, so, yes. and this is one of the only conspiracy theories where i'm like i'm suspicious and i don't want to be suspicious and it's very sad that she died but i'm like suspicious of like did she really die in in just a car accident i'm i'm suspicious of that i have a healthy suspicion to where you know i'm not saying like you know oh, well, she didn't die like that. It's like, I don't know. Like, we may not ever truly know, but that's something that I'm a little sus about. So I just want to throw that out there. I'm like, the reason why I'm kind of quiet during this episode is I'm really not huge into conspiracy theories because, like, people will take, like, the Holocaust conspiracy theory and actually believe it. And it's like, and then it, get, then it makes them do really, really not fun things. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm going to railroad over this entirely, and I'm sorry about that. But um, um, I like to, you know, it's sort of like how everyone's mother is a huge fan of, like, murder mystery shows or, like, the serial killer biographies. <laughs> Me. I still remember growing up being on the couch with my mother oh johnny look oh i'm watching the ted bundy movie and he's gonna (laughs) eat his boyfriend's chopped up remains that's cool mom (laughs) i honestly i don't think i should have watched that when i was like seven but then again you know that's cable television for you i'm glad we're cutting the, the cable on that but um, but but another thing that that really frightens me is that like I do crazy I do crazy watch, and uh, like similarly organizations with their own interests will will just blatantly lie to you to definitely bring you around toward a belief system that. Um, that benefits them. So yes, white supremacists love canvassing everywhere, like white genocide and and the Holocaust didn't really happen like that or didn't happen at all or that it was all of them or, or that or that um, the Russian Revolution was started by the Jews to to enslave the earth. Like like it's <sighs> I've literally just had an argument about that today, Johnny. Literally. I didn't know you were having arguments with George Lincoln Rockwell. Oh my god. But (laughs) but essentially people will just go and just cycle this crap around to support their beliefs. Yes. Now here's a controversial opinion of mine. Because like what gets people there's a fine line between being reasonably skeptical. 
and believing in wacky insane shit. So like the the whole George Lincoln Rockwell just crazy crazy crap. You know like you can look at it and you can look at material facts from which they got these conclusions from that like what we have a massive concentration of wealth and power in some of the highest echelons of stuff that go and change stuff in their interests. And I was like, yeah, duh. Welcome to being an adult and, and, you know, living in our, our current world. But then to immediately flop into um, stuff that originated from the protocols of the elder Zion or from other hardcore anti-Semitic groups uh, that were originally based in pre-revolutionary Russia before moving to the U.S. and Canada. Like, are you kidding me? How it, it gets to that degree where it just seems obnoxiously self-serving. So there's that fine line between that and stuff that the CIA literally admitted to doing. Like, um, you know what? I'm going to do it. Like... Like, on the flip side of that, there's stuff that, like, the CIA really admitted to happening, and that was faking the Tiananmen Square tank guy. No shit. Yes. I know that. You, you, know, you know of uh, the Tiananmen Square riot in uh, 98. I mean, in yep. 89, right? Okay. People, like, I still hear people talk about, like, oh, then the Chinese government went and and bulldozed people over with a tank right because they were out and protesting like is that the general like line that we get i feel like i've heard that yeah i've heard that after it was leaked on wikileaks the cia fessed up to it and said no we falsified that information and used selective uh, framing of news media at the event to make it look to, to go and manufacture consent to go to war with China. Like for real, I'm I'm putting this in the description. I'm not I'm not bullshitting you. That's insane. No, like but like yeah, people in power will do things to to further their their own interests. Like that that's what power really does, and it's terrible. I'm not even but, surprised. Yeah. That's the sad part. Right. But like, again, and that's, that's what I still have conversations like when, when people bring up the Tiananmen Square riot and <laughs> I, I have to go down and say, okay, what do you think, you know, versus what, what have you, what have you verified 100%? And that this is the a- difficult part. This is a good lead into aliens because the government recently released, you know, they talked about how there was no such thing as UFOs. They never existed. People are crazy. And finally started releasing these videos saying, yeah, these are unidentified flying objects. We don't, we know, don't know what they are. We don't know exactly. what they are, but like, finally, something. finally, they're addressing them. So what are your guys' opinions on aliens? Jenny, you go first. You're the adults in the room. <laughs> I'm glad you let me go first because I wanted to go first. So essentially, here's my thing. There's so much we don't, we haven't seen in the entire universe. And 
this idea that we like there's maybe another galaxy out there that is rife with life kind of like you know earth you know we have a planet or the milky way galaxy we have a planet on in the milky way galaxy where that sustains life my theory is like another galaxy why you know couldn't it have the same thing we we honestly don't know and because you know, we can't say for sure that, oh, no, you know, it, it can't sustain life. There could very well be, you know, these so-called aliens out there. And I think, like, I don't want to say aliens is a dirty word. Because if they're, like, if there's life it, out it there, then it feels very dirty. Yeah. But, like, genuinely, like, if there's life out there, I want to see it. Yeah, I sure. Wanna meet them. I want to go out to dinner with aliens. Exactly. Yes. I want to, you know, I want to get to know their culture. So I do believe in aliens because, you know, we we don't know what's out there. And I genuinely believe that there, you know, maybe in another galaxy, there's some way that a planet is is supporting life. But we don't know. And I'm not saying, like, you know, if if we're the only planet, that's just... And here's the thing. The, the, the universe is so big. How are we really the only galaxy in the entire universe that has life like that it's a big galaxy you guys like I, it's, it's almost impossible like yeah no way yeah exactly so right. you know i'm not saying like oh i wish you know there's life out there honestly statistically speaking but statistically like, there's very much life out there's there there's gotta be yes yeah and so do you think, Jenny, that they've come to this planet? What are your take on the UFO situation? I don't know. It and it could very well be, you know, they're they're doing their you you know how like National Geographic photographers and videos, they're like looking at animals and studying their their habits and stuff like that. What if like some like alien out there alien group is doing the same with us we we don't know so i don't know if that's the case i just really don't know i don't like to think they're studying us but i mean they they could very well be i don't know but you know if they are studying us why haven't they made their presence known because we have like so much like technology out there it's like all right here we go i'm gonna sound like a crazy person (laughs) Can I give my case? I go for like it, Johnny. This will, you go first. This will weather everyone. I believe, I probably believe similarly to Chelsea. But, you know, <laughs> I'm just like that. But personally, I, I have to be the one who, who kind of has to push skepticism. So I think I want to believe in aliens because that would, that, that feels, that, that would, really encourage my beliefs and my opinions and it would tell me that I'm right and that I'm awesome and that I'm cool. <laughs> that would be cool. But I I can't give in to that wish fulfillment. I have to be skeptical about this like anything else. I have to treat this like I'm, I'm an adult and then when I shut down and go back into man child mode I can I can play my alien related video games. <laughs> another thing too is that another part of wish fulfillment 
is that I personally wish aliens would come down already. So like we yes. could at least get some help with the disaster that's already in progress. Like, let's talk about the deterioration of this planet. We're like, we're de-terraforming this world. We're making it less habitable for us humans to live on. I would love to see it get to the point where aliens have to come down, tell us to stop being so stupid, and then help us out, kind of move forward, you know, like the little slap on the wrist the first time, and then if we start doing major planet-destroying climate change, then they go and kill us all. But, you know, Ooh. I really like that slap on the wrist first, so we kind of get stuff back in gear, and we focus on making a better world. After that, sure, I'd love to go to alien planets, but only after <laughs> our planet is green and beautiful. Yeah, but, like, if they came down and, like, slapped us on the wrist and were like, hey, you know, you need to fix your planet... You know someone out there is going to be like, well, who are you to tell me what to do with my own yeah. planet? Uh, you know what? <laughs> but then again, I've watched Mars attacks. So they'll just fire a laser at them. Mars attack? <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I'm going to explode because I'm over here with all my conspiracy theories. Okay. Go. Do it. Okay. Self. Here we go. I have heard, like, read into so much. Here I go. This is when I'm crazy for the conspiracy theory aspect. I definitely believe that there's life out there. 100%. How they come to the planet, I'm not sure. I am more leaning have. I mean, it makes sense to me that there's aliens out there that have had that sort of technology. Um, I think the reasoning, I mean, I don't know. What do I know? But I think the reasoning and the conspiracy theories I've heard is that the government hides it. That's one thing I've heard. Understandable. The other one is that the aliens don't think we're ready for it. So there was, I listened to this other podcast and they were talking about how there was, I wish I could remember his name, but there was a Russian official. Um, he was part, he was a cosmonaut and he was a part of like, um, I don't know what their version of NASA is. Does anyone remember I know, the name? I know what you're talking about. Cause I just watched a proles of the round. I'm, I'm sorry. I just listened to a proles of the round ta- uh, table uh, episode on it here. I'm going to pull up yes. Spotify on my computer. We need to get to the bottom of this. Yes. But. Um, but- they did Basically. like their one state program and then uh, a common turn wide uh, aerospace. Yes, yes. And like it was, he was like a top official over there and he retired and he wrote a book or a few articles. I think it was a book. Um, and he talked about in the book how uh, basically every government or every major government knows that aliens exist, the aliens have contacted them. Or whatever. There's multiple aliens, like races, and there's like an alliance of aliens. This is sounds completely insane and could be completely crazy. Um, but we're not they're not able to help us until we reach a level of consciousness to where we're not hurting ourselves, our planet, and each other. Um, I guess there's like this agreement that we have to get to this level of consciousness to be a part of that alliance, basically, and to be worthy of their help. Because if you think about it, it mean it makes sense. There's probably thousands of planets out there that can harbor life, and we're just one of many. And we're obviously killing our planet. We kill each other. Like, why would we, we be worthy of any help at this point? So I thought it was really interesting. It sounds insane. It could be completely wrong. I don't know if I necessarily believe it. Um, he could just be trying to sell books. But a lot of people were like, well, why would he ruin his great reputation in Russia to, like, 
sell books or anything like that. That's and the stuff that that cosmonaut was smoking. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad I don't do drugs anymore because like it's horrible <laughs> and it's terrible. But I have to say, you know, I can definitely see why Yuri Gagarin died young. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. You know, when when you get to that that certain points in your life after you've gone to space and you're and you're like i'm gonna talk about aliens now you know like that's where i think you've made it big you've when, made it when you're able to say stuff that crazy and still live comfortably like you've you've made it in life pretty much pretty much it's insane i don't know if i necessarily believe that one but i think it's really interesting it makes sense to me um do you feel like, though, that aliens have visited our planet? Just like the UFO videos are insane to me. I don't know of how we could have any technology that is even close to that. Um, but then again, the government could just be covering it up. Who knows? Maybe they have a bunch of technology they're not telling us about. Um, but it's interesting. It's interesting, man. I love alien conspiracy theories. I think it's so interesting. This is another part that gets me, too. Because when we start getting into conspiracy theory areas, that's where we have to go. And then, like, like what you said, if if you believe that you know aliens have come to the planet before and that there's a cover up, you then got to start believing in more conspiracy theories. Yes. To to validate these cover ups. So you know, that's when it becomes a slippery slope. It, it and becomes, if you're not like yes. me. It becomes very, very difficult if you are not of a, a stable mind to go to crazy town. But on top of that, it becomes easier in that stage for, for people who want to radicalize you. So again, if you get some like crazy neo-Nazi dude, like a, like a, a Lincoln Rockwell to go in and start going, it's like, hey, yeah, you're right, you know. The, the CIA did lie to us about Iran. Now, have you ever heard about the Jewish question? And then they'll get you. Yep. Right? And it it's terrible. And that's where I encourage mental fortitude, but also skepticism and also a diversity of, of viewpoints someone has so that they can go and hopefully have a better perspective on things than just being a Nazi. Like, you know, like my perspective isn't like all sun, my personal perspective isn't all sunshine and roses, but like, shoot, you know, I'm not advocating for, for uh, systematic killings of people. I'm not really advocating for, for anything. I just prefer it. If uh, we, we structured things a bit different, you know, Anyway, speaking about structuring things completely differently, um, while, while we were making this episode, um, when I was still looking at the script, um, one of my friends contacted me about including the pot plot as a conspiracy on the episode. And I think that works as a wonderful example on uh, really showing what hegemony is, but also how self-serving conspiracy theories are. Are either of you aware of the pot plot? 
I'm not. No, that's an interesting one to me. I've never heard that one. So this comes comes from the Anti-Defamation League. This is an article. I have some issues with the ADL because of its very, very not fun political choices in the present and in the past. But the ADL is one of the foremost, um, I guess, Jewish rights and countering anti-Semitism agencies in the U.S. I think they're up there with the Southern Poverty, Southern Poverty Law Center and organizations that help and catch like crazy hardcore radicals. So they, they, have, they have quite a list of credentials. But um, from an ADL article, um, student minister Wesley Muhammad of the Nation of Islam at a mosque in Chicago claims that, quote, Jews in the U.S. government are engaged in a pot plot to emasculate black men and turn them into homosexuals by distributing specially modified strains of marijuana. What? Basically, okay. As someone who's lived in California, it is no surprise to you that at one point in my life I've ingested cannabis. <gasps> so with, with, with marijuana, there are certain strains of marijuana that exist. And so Mr. Wesley Muhammad believes that the U.S. government and the Jewish elites have synthesized a new strain of marijuana that turns men gay, but specifically black men, to turn them into homosexuals. Thoughts. <laughs> Thoughts. What are your total sense? That oh my gosh. That's the Finally. That's the thing. That's what's doing well, it, guys. Well, right. That well, I think hot. I think this is I think this is humorous. I think this is the 15th episode in. And and we're just <laughs> now talking about this, but I often joke about myself uh, being the diversity hire. Uh, since I got into uh, the Young Adults Fighting Tobacco Coalition, because on top of just my regular um, anti-drug and anti-smoking activism, um, I'm a homosexual man myself, and uh, I like advocate for gay rights stuff. I helped recharter the gay straight club at uh, the previous college I attended. So, like, maybe that's what, like, really did it. Maybe, like, the moment... I, I hit that bong in college. Like, that's what turned on all like the gay pheromones and, and made me a virile, masculine, you know, male who just happens to like other males. I mean, like, that makes perfect sense to me. But what do you think, Jenny? This is like the craziest conspiracy theory I've ever heard. This is like, wow. And like, it it goes back to the saying of like, oh, you know, you you can choose to be gay. And I I guess if you choose to ingest marijuana, then you can choose to be gay. I don't know. It's that's like a crazy, crazy, crazy conspiracy theory. And I'm a little like I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, that. you know, if it were true, I would personally be for it. Cause, you know, I I don't particularly listen to rap music. Like there, there's some rap 
artist I enjoy, but you know, Little Nas has really, really done a good job at just making music that that you know sings his heart. You know, um, I love Little Nas X. Ma- Ma- Montero personally is a song that I can really relate to. You know, because that is his struggle. You know, he little little Nas grew up in a in a very homophobic community. And, you know, to to then have a video where he's giving Satan a lap dance in hell, you know, like that that makes sense to me. That is something it he had in his heart for a really long time, you know, dealing with that alienation, that I don't belongism, that 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 disconnect you feel uh, that that is put against you just because you're like a little bit different, and that makes people uncomfortable. I I relate with that heavily, even though I am not, you know, an emasculated black male who turned homosexual after taking a modified strain of marijuana i may not be that I just, and also please don't smoke like please please don't i just can't believe that that's a conspiracy theory but here here's again the line that i think most normal people will be like this is going too far i would hope true that is true where why i wanted to use this as an example is that it, it is very self-serving I feel like I feel like people who subscribe to the pot plot don't have a high opinion of homosexuals. Neither do I think they have a high opinion on the US government or marijuana use or yep. like modified marijuana use, which is all fair, but it takes a keen mind to understand that someone who's raveling together all these things you don't like to sell you something wants to get something out of you. That's where I think everyone needs that healthy skepticism to just stop and not drink the Kool-Aid and not smoke the gay weed that turns you into little mass. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Insane. Do you think we have time for one more conspiracy theory? Do it do it this is okay this is our extra grand episode we we give out for you know for being away for a bit nice okay moon landing i think this is a really popular one what are your guys' takes do you think that we landed on the moon absolutely and i say that with confidence because i watched a mythbusters show one time about the moon landing and that's all i needed (laughs) (laughs) clarify please yeah (laughs) let me let me hear this well they so basically like the reason why people don't believe the moon landing existed was because like they're suspicious about the pictures and it's like okay i can see some of that but then like, based on, like, what they... They basically, like, recreated, like, the pictures or, like, did something with the pictures on that TV show, Myth- Mythbusters, and it made sense. And it's, like, 
well, we have space travel now, so like when it's like if you didn't believe the moon landing in the first place, but you believe we're now going to outer space with stuff, like when when was the first time we really went to went to like the moon or space or whatever? Like we have pictures. Yeah, it's it just is. Like, it doesn't have, make it. We sense. have pictures of Venus, pictures of Mars, pictures <laughs> of all these places. Yes, again, you get the like. When is it not a conspiracy? When yeah. do you go too far? Here we go. Here we go. I'm gonna go crazy again. Here comes the crazy. <laughs> I don't think we did. Because why haven't <gasps> we gone back? Why have we not gone back to the moon? I literally came out as a former closeted Trump supporter and I know went and extensively sourced very very hardcore left wing theoreticians on this program and I have the least controversial views I I know I'm the crazy person here it's insane but I don't I don't think we have I really don't I think we've been I definitely think we've been to space hundred percent. I mean, to me, that's obvious. I do not think we have landed on the moon because to me, we would have already had a base up there. I don't doubt that whatsoever. And but, but we have the American flag up there. Like it's it's there. <laughs> now it's bleached white due to radiation. But like, okay, yeah, go on. Yeah, you know, I maybe we have eventually, but I don't think we landed at that time. I think we were trying to beat um, Russia at that time. So I really think that we may have, I think we've made a faked the video that was shown, if anything. Maybe we have landed on there since then, but I don't think we landed at that time. Because the video to me, like, we really had the, okay, maybe I'm dumb, but we really had the technology to completely easily, back in the 60s, um, live broadcast that from the moon. Well, no, I think, I think like, even the people back then, it was, uh, like, it took a few hours to get those radio waves back to Earth. So, yeah, there's, like, an obvious delay with it. Like, how a there's delay. a delay with the... uh, me and you on the phone. But what about the flag waving oh, in the wind weird. that doesn't oh, exist? I knew you were going to say this one. It, it doesn't make sense. To me, it doesn't make sense. I mean... Uh, if there's any astrophysicists out there or just like anyone that understands the physics of it, please explain, you know, get back to us because it doesn't make sense to me. It just, I don't know. I don't know if we landed at the time. Maybe we've landed since then, but I don't know if we landed then. I don't think we landed at all, me personally. Okay, what? Okay, so I'm kind of cheating because I'm like looking up articles of like, undeniable no, proof but I like mean, one thing that they mentioned is like the footprints so what this article it's a forbes article um on earth footprints don't last very long um like wind blows and again we're, i'm going back to one thing but um so if we walked on the moon we would expect those foot prince to still be there without rain winds da, 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 da. Right. um okay this this is getting into it basically like i i cannot believe you chelsea i'm like i'm very I know. 
I know. I'm very disappointed in you. And <laughs> take that with a grain of salt, but <laughs> I just can't believe it. I know. I know. I'm a crazy person. Those uh, those are my um my closeted things, Johnny. I oh. don't believe the moon landing happened and I'm I'm very into alien conspiracy series. I'm obsessed with space. I think that's my thing. Well, um, like I personally I personally love the aliens part because, you know, like at this rate we're going to need aliens to help us through the rut we're in now. We really do. But I I would really like to you know, I'm not the history major, but I'm a huge fan of politics and, and history, as I'm sure you guys can tell. Um, but I would say the very same reason that why we haven't gone to the moon much since is the same reason that uh, countries are going up to space now. Okay. I would say. Okay, so during the space race. I think it was a culmination of things. This was at least a decade into the Cold War. So basically where it all started was that the Soviet Union got this old rocket technology that they got uh, from their own studies of, I think, the... From the Roswell incident, yes. Go oh, on. Oh, my <laughs> Oh my god. I'm but kidding. They, they I'm got really it from kidding. their own studies of German V2 missiles. Mm -hmm. And so they just worked on them some more and they went like, hey, I bet we can shoot this thing into space. Wouldn't that be neat? So then suddenly Sputnik gets released into space, which is like probably one of the greatest propaganda moments of all time. And, and this okay. is where... This is where I, I have to show my bias, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, I'm a bit of a fan of the achievements of the, the, the people of the Soviet Union at that time, from going from a semi-feudal country to the first country to go to space, from, from fighting a civil war, a famine, and then a world war to then becoming the first country to send a, and anything to space. That is, and will remain to be, one of the greatest endorsements for the memory of the Soviet Union and its ideology. Like we can we can disagree, whatever, but that is the greatest possible endorsement you can give to a country's beliefs or political persuasion when you're literally the guys who sent a rice farmer's son to space. China's doing that now too to excellent results. At this rate, there's going to be a Chinese Mars uh, Mars station by 2030 and i don't doubt them but there can't be a station on the moon i would say that the the political will to being to get to the moon was mainly just for the u.s and russia well the u.s and now former soviet union to go and and have this amazing 
to, to go and have an amazing propaganda campaign to see which system is better yeah. and to perfect missile technology that would later be used to create the intercontinental ballistic missile and modern day satellites. So I think, I think the space race was possibly the greatest ever grift that the aeronautics industry has done to the entire human race. I think so many people in computing, electronics, uh, aeronautics, and other fields were able to capitalize on this to get so much obscene amounts of money and government grants the U.S. and the Soviet Union wide to go and and just make stuff that's even tangentially related to rocket ships. And then once I think the craze died out, uh, that's when um, that's when the both of these governments suddenly realized, holy cow, it costs a lot of money to send people to space. And our economies are starting to buckle. Let's go back home and focus on social programs, which is exactly what happened after that. Then there was the uh, housing and infrastructure campaign under Khrushchev. And then similarly, there was uh, Johnson's uh, anti-poverty campaign. That makes sense. See, yeah. I I can see that. I really can. Um, because it does cost a lot of money to go to space. I couldn't imagine the amount of money it would cost to build a space station on the moon. My yeah. thing is that we can inter- we can build the International Space Station, right? Wouldn't it right. make sense to have it in one location, like on the moon? Like, I, it just doesn't make sense because, like, think so- about the military aspects. The just to have a station in space to me that it's like one location on the actual like i guess ground it just makes more sense to me because you could really build it you could make a whole city there but then again you really can like do stuff like uh let me let me look up the name because if i remember correctly as i am you know the the most politically inclined on this program we have technically like two international space stations now yeah. So there's the um, there's the ISS and then Tian Gong. So between the two of those, it's much easier to go and deal with general orbital stuff and have this kind of gateway into space that's just like right in our backyard rather mm-hmm. than on the moon because we don't have to deal with the amount of gravity that the moon has. Like, it's not as much, but it still is so taxing. Still make a difference. That, that, that makes sense. It's more efficient to just go and uh, uh, just rock it from a very low gravity environment. Like the very, very International good. Space Station or Tian Gong Space Station than to go to the moon. Good points. Good points. All right. You guys are shifting me a little bit. I don't know. That's the the one I'm going to be crazy for, but I get it. I get it. I could see. You know what? Like, I'm still going to keep to my general, like, please let be aliens-ism. But, you know, I don't know. So I've been kind of quiet. 
but um, I've been reading, I've been researching. And Chelsea, I put a link at the bottom of our Google Doc. Um, like a bunch of, it's basically an article debunking the moon landing with like, and basically like you were mentioning earlier how like, well, why is the flag waving? Oh, so <laughs> for you and our listeners, and I'm looking at a picture of it right now. The reason why it's upright like that is because NASA made sure to put like, a stick of some sort across the flag like yes and that's why it's sticking up like that and then it's all wrinkled because of the space flight it was like wrinkled in a package and that's that's why so read the article it's very informative but i was like i'm gonna prove it to you chelsea i'm gonna prove it to you that gen that genuinely also made me critical of it before too so that that's that makes oh, I sense. I could out. see that. <laughs> I could see that. But I get I, it's just crazy to me. I don't know. I, how did we get that technology? This is not a conspiracy theory. This is just general interest. How did we get that technology together in like 10 years? Money. The it power of money. Intense. Not even just money. Because that doesn't under that that understates it. That that is because the US of the New Deal era is an entirely different creature to the U.S. now. Like, like even that, that little ounce of, of our, our social democracy in the U.S. Was, was extremely influential, to say the least, when we had an obscenely high um, uh, income ta- uh, leveling income tax, when we had uh, a, a, a very firm policy of government dirigism, um, when, we, when we had all of that, that was the time where we could coordinate our economy to, to make it like one of the foremost in the, in the world. Very similarly, to an even wider degree, the Soviet Union was able to free up a whole lot of resources to go and invest in science and education, all these other things, because it, it also worked on making such an economy of scope and cutting out any quote unquote unnecessary welfare by, by, going the, by, by doing some workarounds. So for example, there was no such thing as unemployment, whether it be unemployment insurance or unemployment anything in the Soviet Union because you just had a right to work. So there wasn't that additional spending. Similarly, um, there were a lot of price controls so that more and more money can go back into the economy instead of being like sucked into stuff like military spending or like the really speculative stuff now that primarily runs the American economy. Like, uh, I would say like mortgage speculation, general loans and stuff. The the Soviet economy, I think, remains to be possibly the most efficient economy in human history. And it is directly because it, it cut all the fat off, so to say. And so with the all the with all the fat it cut off, it was uh able to fund a space program. Dang. That makes sense. 
That makes sense. That's crazy. Yeah. Insane what we can do. Put our minds to it, right. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Which, you know, maybe maybe we need to put this on a closing note now since we, we've taken so long. Similar to how a, a wonderful JFK said, ask not what this country can do for you, but ask what you can do for this country. In the same way that he said that, we, we have to be, to be honest with ourselves. Ask, ask not if, if we can do this, like it's a question of if we have the resources to do something, but ask why we haven't done this already because our values weren't in that place. Like we have, at least from my, at least from my understanding, we have more than enough resources in the U.S. to make a much more green economy, to go and work definitely on a campaign against drug abuse, against poverty, against tobacco use, against these, these tobacco and en- energy oligarchs that, that have really ran the economy for the last quite a long while. It isn't a question of whether we have the resources. It's a question of political will. Do we have the will to go and make a greener will, uh, to make a greener world? Yes, we do. We always do. We always have the resources for it, too. But we need to snowball that. If we want to, if we want to make a better world for our families and for our or everyone will come after us. It is not a question of whether we can do this. It's a question of when we will do this. And hopefully that answer will be soon. And in a perfect world, the question would be right now. You know? I think it's very well that, it really is true. It's kind of inspiring to think about the fact that we went to the moon in that limited amount of time during the 50s and 60s. It's kind of crazy what we can do like what's possible if we just work together to make it happen and i agree with you johnny we definitely have all the resources to make for a cleaner world in general um it's just really like you said making it a thing making our politicians realize it put it in action and just really working together to do it sometimes when an apple is ripe it might not fall and so it is our duty to make that apple fall if we want to seriously you know make that more sustainable world we got to start acting towards it right now and that's why i'm so glad to be on this program with you too yeah so that we can at least say that we've done our part in in making that apple fall yep and i mean do or do not there is no try as like the great Yoda said, you know, we can do it. Jenny, what do you think? You guys are so inspiring. Like everything Johnny just said about like, and we, it's totally true. We could do so much if we put our mind to it. The only thing that is preventing us is willpower, really, because we can, we can find the money for things. We just, you know, we need to prioritize what's important. And then, yeah, same with you, Chelsea. Do or do not do, there is no try. So, 
I, I knew you just win her over with that Yoda quote. <laughs> the moment you said that, I was like, oh yeah, Jenny's. Jen, Jenny's I, got we it. had to add it in for the Star right. Wars fans. So, yeah. I mean... Right. Like, you know, for our lovely audience out there, that, that's how we really measure the success of this program. Not in number of listeners, not in high profile guests, but in number of Star Wars and SpongeBob references. <laughs> you know. That when I wake up every Sunday morning to record and I think to myself, I'm going to talk about that stupid Manta Ray character from Spongebob at work and get paid for it. That's Brings when joy. I know. That's when I know for certain that's a reason to get up. And also stuff about saving the world, too, and helping people move forward from drug abuse, too. That's also important. But priorities here... The main priority is Spongebob. (laughs) We just want to take a moment to thank our listeners for listening to our Jen Green podcast powered by Yaft. This podcast is made possible through listeners like you. During this podcast, we got to talk about conspiracy theories. We can't wait to discuss more issues with you in the future. And we'll see you next time. Thank you again for listening to our Jen Green podcast powered by Yaft. And to join Yaft, you can email us at yaft at healthcollaborative.org. Excuse me. Uh, health, yaft at healthcollaborative.org. That's the correct email. Thank you. <laughs>